Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outbound Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. Now that Gen Con 2023 is in the books, it's over. The next big gaming convention this year is Dragon Con. Dragon Con, Atlanta, Georgia, August 31st through September 4th, Labor Day weekend. That Thursday through Monday, that's the next big game convention. Event registration for Super Show events is now open at DragonCon. So, let me talk about the DragonCon cost to attend first, and then we'll talk about the events. With DragonCon, you're not buying tickets, you buy a membership. You can buy a membership for the whole weekend, you can buy a membership per day, you can buy an eternal membership. An eternal membership gets you entry into every Dragon Con from now until Dragon Con ceases to be. For the entire weekend, all five days, as of right now, it's $175 for that membership. Thursday only is $35. Friday only is $55. Saturday only is $75. Sunday only is $65. Monday only is $35. If you did want to buy an Eternal membership, that's $4,500. Those are your membership costs. You can go to dragoncon.org on the internet, go to that website, and you can get to this page where you can buy a membership. Gaming.dragoncon.org is the website where you can register for events. I went to that website. There's a part on the top that says search events. I clicked that. It brought me to the search section. I went to game system. There's a drop down menu. I selected Super Show. It brings up all three events. There's an event Friday, an event Saturday, and an event Sunday. Friday, 7 p.m. start time. They're doing a Cosmic Crusader draft. You buy a box set of a Cosmic Crusader or a Marauder of the Multiverse. It's $25 for the event. That gets you the box. And then you just play what you pulled out of your box. They're going to do two hours of bullet rounds. And then the top four competitors, diversity in effect, meaning there will be no duplicate competitors in the top cut. For example, one of the Cosmic Crusaders is Jupiter. Only the Jupiter with the best record will make the top cut. Even if, say, the two best records were both Jupiter, only the best Jupiter will make the top cut. After the bullet rounds, it is single elimination until there's just one winner. That's the Friday event. Saturday, also 7 p.m., $30 entry fee. Payoff pack draft. You buy a payoff pack. A payoff pack comes with three different competitor sets, a 1 through 27 deck, some promo cards, a spectacle, and then you build a deck out of what you have in the payoff pack you bought. According to the description, it's two hours of bullet rounds, 
and then a top cut. And then finally, Sunday night, 7 p.m., it'll be a free-to-play, no entry fee, free-to-play, constructed tournament. Basically, you bring your own singles deck, you bring your own entrance, spectacles, all of that, and you play in the event. There will be Swiss rounds and then a top cut. There may be stipulations in the top cut. There may be multiplayer matches in the top cut. And let me make a correction here. Spectacles are not permitted in the Sunday night event. I'm seeing that now. I don't see anything about entrance cards looking at this. So it looks like entrance cards will be fine. And then skill requirement cards in your deck, you can use those. Just any singles deck you want to play. The winner of this event will be the 2023 Dragon Con champion. That is all I'm seeing right now for events for Dragon Con. It just looks like they're going to be those three promo cards for Dragon Con. Watching the last episode of Expanding the Universe, it looks like there's going to be at least one con exclusive competitor, maybe, assuming it can be created in time. There will be a con-exclusive version of Practicite. We may also see the next cards in the weapon series. Nothing guaranteed at this point, but it looks like there are going to be promo cards at DragonCon. It also sounded like, on Expanding the Universe, that they don't have a booth at DragonCon, just a play area where they're going to be doing their events. And so... I'm not sure how selling con exclusives will work at Dragon Con. I'll give you more news on that when I have it. That's where we are right now, though, with Dragon Con. That's all the news I have on that. After Dragon Con, the next big event that I'm aware of, September 16th, Saturday, Columbus, Ohio, Pixel Palace Pandemonium 4 at Pixel Palace Games in Pal, Ohio. That's a North west suburb of Columbus, Ohio. Tickets are available on Eventbrite. $35 for a ticket. They have noon as the start time with the actual event starting around 1. Swiss rounds based on the number of people who sign up for the event and then there will be a top cut. No stipulations in the top cut except for the finals. The finals match will be a main event stipulation match. 2020 Vision is in effect. The following competitors are booked. Gia de los Muertos, Scarlet Graves, Ricky Riot, Snake Pit, Candyman, Funtime Bob, and The Mad One. There apparently will be door prizes based on what I'm seeing on the Eventbrite post. There will be an intermission. There will also be promo cards for signing up. From what I understand, there will be three promo cards. I don't have any details beyond that, but the plan is that there will be three promo cards created for Pixel Palace Pandemonium 4. Kickstarter news. As I've mentioned on previous episodes, the next SRG Universe Kickstarter will revolve around Super Show the Comic issue number 6. There's been a suggested launch date for the Kickstarter, September 24th. 
and there's been a draft page created for the Kickstarter. Now, I'm going to give you the information about the Kickstarter from the draft page. This is only a draft page. It's not official until the campaign launches. But this should be a good guide of what the campaign is going to be like. So per this draft page, it'll be a 21-day campaign, three weeks. They'll be looking for a launch goal of $4,000. They can raise $4,000, get $4,000 pledged for this campaign. It will launch. Here are the proposed tiers for the Kickstarter campaign. First tier, just pledge any dollar amount. That's on every Kickstarter campaign. That's the first tier. Next tier, digital download of issue number six, The Big Finish. That's the title of the issue. This is a $5 pledge tier. If you pledge $5, you will receive a digital copy of issue number six. There will also be, according to this tier, an option to buy digital copies of the previous issues that'll be available at the end of the campaign. The next tier in this draft campaign is for a physical copy of issue number six. For $15, you'll receive a physical copy of the issue. This version will only be available with this Kickstarter. So any future printed editions will be different than this Kickstarter printed edition. If I'm reading this right, this is also the first tier that will include any unlocked stretch goals. There weren't any stretch goals with the digital version. With this physical copy, you will also receive stretch goals. The next version is called the I Just Want the Super Show the Game Perks. $20 pledge tier. This will just get you the Super Show promo cards that will accompany, be part of this campaign. There will be a brand new exclusive version of Polly the Pigeon Bacone. New gimmick and new finishers with the same logo. So you can use the new finishes with the old competitor. You can use the old finishes with the new competitor. You can mix and match between competitors. There's going to be an exclusive card, Brass Knuckle Punch. It's a brand new card, number 22. It's a finish if the crowd meter is two or greater. If stopped, you lose the match via disqualification. This tier also includes community goals and stretch goals. The next tier, it's the physical copy and the Super Show the Game cards. $26 for this tier. It gives you everything in the tier I just mentioned, plus a physical copy of issue number six plus any stretch goals that are unlocked. The next tier beyond that, everything in the previous tier, but a cameo. They will draw a competitor of your choice, your competitor, into issue number six. It's $150 for this tier. There will be a number of comic panels to choose from. You pick which panel you want to be in. It will be on a first-come first serve basis. It'll be based on your backer number. The 
earlier your backer number, the lower your backer number, the sooner you back. That'll be the basis for when you get a pick, your spot to be drawn into the comic. Additionally, the artwork that you pick will be used for a future Super Show the Game card. The next tier, $400 tier, half-page spotlight. If you sign up for this tier, you name the competitor you want to have featured in the spotlight. They'll create art for that competitor. They'll give a little biography of the competitor. And then that art will be used toward a future Super Show card. It could be an alt-art competitor, an alt-art finish, a new finish. Some sort of future Super Show card will use the art from the half-page spotlight. $400 for that. It includes everything in the previous tiers. Uh, no, let me go back and mention this. I did not mention this earlier. All the tiers up to the first cameo tier are unlimited. The cameo tier, according to this draft Kickstarter campaign, will be limited to eight people. Only eight people can get the cameo tier. For the half-page spotlight, only four people can get a half-page spotlight. The last tier, full-page spotlight, $700. It's exactly the same as the half-page spotlight, except it'll be a full page. Everything else is just like the half-page spotlight, except that whereas the half-page spotlight says that the art will be used for an alt-art competitor or new finish card, this says alt-art competitor and new finish card. So you can actually get two cards off the full page spotlight. Only one full page spotlight available. Only one person can pledge the $700 tier. And then that's it. That is it for all of the tiers on this draft Kickstarter. Now let me emphasize again, it's a draft. This is not official. This will not be official until the campaign launches. This is just a draft. It is subject to change. There are also stretch goals and community goals listed. Let me go through those. Again, keep in mind, this is a draft. The goal to fund this thing is $4,000. The campaign will not launch. The comic will not be printed if the campaign does not raise $4,000. Based on the $26 tier for the comic and cards and $20 for just the cards, it looks to me like they're trying to get around 200 backers. There will need to be around 200 backers to unlock the funding goal. That's not counting any cameos or spotlights, half or full page. That changes the math. Clearly, if all of those sell out, they will need less backers overall to get the 4,000. But here are the stretch goals. These are the funding goals. If they get to $5,000, It'll unlock an EDM spotlight print featuring the competitor EDM. It'll be two and a half by three and a half inches. That's the size to the backers. If I'm reading this correctly, it doesn't say inches or feet. It just says 2.5 by 3.5. If the funding goal hits 7,000, it says early production of book number seven, the plot twist. 8,000 early production of book number eight. Any last words? 9,000, early production of book number nine, send it home. I don't know 
what early production means. I'm assuming that means they'll launch it sooner than they had planned. That's all it says, just early production of the book. At $10,000, if the campaign gets $10,000, they will pre-release two more Super Show promo cards as a stretch goal. And that's the highest stretch goal funding-wise listed on this campaign. Community goals. If there are 200 shares on social media, there will be a 2.5 by 3.5. Again, I don't know if that's inches or feet. Spotlight print unlocked as a stretch goal. And we don't know what the spotlight print is. Only that one will be unlocked. There's going to be a pre-launch goal of 150 follows. If 150 people follow this campaign before the campaign goes live, there will be a mini spotlight print given to all backers, and it will unlock a comic-themed pump-up-the-crowd Super Show the Game card. That's all that's listed here for the Kickstarter, the upcoming Kickstarter. Looks like they're going to launch it September 24th for Super Show the Comic, issue number six, The Big Finish. Again, this is a draft only. All of this is subject to change. None of this is locked in stone. But it's out there, so I wanted to give that to you. Let's talk about the CCC next. The first match of round two of the 2023 Create a Competitor competition is currently live as I'm recording this. They announced Wednesday on Talk of the Universe, that's August 9th, that the match would start at 9 p.m. Eastern on Friday, that's August 11th, and it would run 72 hours, ending 9 p.m. Eastern, Monday, August 14th. Initial thoughts, 72 hours is too long. It shouldn't go past 48. Based on my experience, these tend to start losing steam after 24 to 36 hours. So I don't feel the need to go another 36 hours beyond that. 12 hours I think would be fine. But they're doing 72 hours this year meaning matches number two and three are going to be 72 hours also. Now, as far as this particular match, this match features the tag team of Rowdy Ron and the Tartan Terror, a.k.a. Rowdy Terror, versus the team of Moxie and Captain Kiddo, a.k.a. Moxie Kiddo. Neither team submitted a team name to Pat Mulligan, so those are the team names he came up with. Promos. I saw one post from Rowdy Ron. I saw one post from Simon Strauss on behalf of Captain Kiddo. And I saw one video from Simon Strauss on behalf of Captain Kiddo. Simon Strauss is running the campaign for Captain Kiddo, similar to how I run the campaign for JAC. Outside of that, I didn't see any other promos. Disappointing. To me, the CCC is about the promos, and so I was hoping we'd get a lot more promos. Now, let me talk about the match itself. The match is currently in progress. I'm going to give you the 
totals from what I see. And I'll tell you what time it is that I'm giving those totals so you can have an idea where it is. I also need to say about this match, this match is a mess. This is a big mess. And I'll go through and talk about why. I'm going to start off talking about Rowdy Terror first because it's the easier of the two to talk about. As a somewhat quick reminder, because it's not quick to describe this, here's how the tag round works. One of the two members of the tag team starts off, they tag a person not on their team. There's a post on the SRG Universe Facebook page for the match. Ideally, each team replies to one thread, keeps it to one thread under this post for replies. Sometimes that can be difficult, but the team would start off. So I'll use Rowdy Terror as an example. In this case, Rowdy Ron starts off, he tags somebody. Here he started off tagging Will Priest. Will Priest went on to tag Drew Matson. When you are tagged, like Will Priest was tagged, and then you tag somebody else, like Will Priest tagged Drew Madsen, that scores one point for that tag team. Now, there are certain things that can cause a chain to derail to where maybe there's no progress being made, maybe there's an illegal tag. What happens in that case? One partner would tag the other. So in this example, Rowdy Ron would tag Tartan Terror, a.k.a. Larry Tiblis. Larry Tiblis would start a new tag chain. So in this particular match, on the side of Rowdy Terror, there are only, by my count, six tags scored for Rowdy Terror. The last time there was any activity on Rowdy Terror's tag chain was 9.47 a.m. Saturday. So just over 12 hours after match one started in round two, it seems like there's no more participation from Rowdy Terror. That's a bit disappointing. I know a lot of people were pulling for Rowdy Ron to go deep in this contest. For me personally, I want to see people who are in this contest go all out, try really hard. You did beat people out for spots. In the case of a wild card, you did get a second chance. From what I understand, from going from memory, Tartan Terror is a wild card. Not everyone gets to be in round two, so I'm somewhat disappointed that they didn't go harder in round two. Even if you think you're not going to win, there are wild card spots available for round three. So trying hard, both on the promo side and on the vote getting side, is going to matter in this round. So I'm disappointed that I didn't see more out of Rowdy Terror because I know there are a lot of people that were rooting for them to go on, and it looks like they're not going to go on at all. They only have six tags. Now, let me talk about what's going on with Moxie Kidda. Because this is an even bigger mess than the Rowdy Terror chain. 
Now, at the time I'm counting this, and it's 2.34 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, August 13th, there are 35 tags for the team of Moxiketa. But, based on my understanding of the rules, every tag after the ninth tag is an illegal tag. Let me explain what I mean by that. So, the tag chain starts off with Simon Strauss kicking it off. Simon Strauss is representing Captain Kiddo. I'm assuming for Moxie, it would either be Moxie or Colton Jankowski. Not sure, because it's never come up in this chain. That's part of the problem. The first nine tags are all fine. And then after the ninth tag, the ninth tagger is Brock Carson. Brock Carson tags Simon Strauss who started the tag chain, who's on the team. Now, the only time people who are on the tag team can be tagged is by their partner. So only Simon Strauss can tag Moxie. Only Moxie can tag Simon Strauss. If somebody else tags one of those two, the tag chain dies, and they have to start a new tag chain. So, when Brock Carson tagged Simon Strauss, Simon Strauss should have started a new tag chain by tagging either Moxie or Colton Jankowski. I'm, if that's not who Moxie is, I apologize, but I'm pretty sure that's who Moxie is. All right? That didn't happen. Instead, Simon Strauss tagged Angela Christina. Angela Christina tags Michael Nichols. Now, Michael Nichols doesn't tag anyone for two hours. So, when a tag chain stalls, if you want to start a new tag chain, one partner has to tag the other, and that tagged-in partner starts the new chain. Does Simon Strauss tag in Moxie to start a new chain? No. He starts a new chain himself. That goes on for another 10 10 tags, and then we have the tag chain stalled again. Does Simon Strauss step in here, tag his partner, and have his partner start a new chain? No. He starts a new chain himself. And so this is now the third chain that should have been started by another partner, or some common, there should be some switching back and forth between partners. They've all been started by Simon Strauss. Four tags after this, Angela Christina, who's already been tagged, so she can't be tagged again in the chain, she gets tagged again. That should trigger a new chain starting. Instead, no new chain starts. They continue going on with this chain, and that's where they are right now. To my knowledge, we should have seen at least two tag chains started by Moxie, and we've seen zero. So arguably, the team of Moxie Kiddo only has nine tags. So right now, it only sits at nine to three. Sorry, nine to six, because of all these improper, illegal tag chains. So it's a weird scenario. You have one team that's only scored six tags and seemingly has conceded, but you have another team that's basically making a bunch of improper tag chains.
Right now, it looks like Moxie Kiddo are going to move on to round three. But it's kind of hard to move a team that has so many illegal votes. Right now, with 35 total votes and only nine legal by the way I recognize it, three quarters of their votes are invalid. But they're still leading by three votes. And this show will come out with not quite 24 hours left to go in the contest. So who knows how this information is going to stir things up. But to me, the first match of this round is a big mess. I don't know what to do about it. It's just a big mess. That's where we are right now at the CCC. We don't know when match two is going to be. It could be this Friday coming up. They could take a break between weeks. We don't know. They haven't said anything. I would prefer it if they gave each team a week's notice before the match goes live. Not just to help them better organize for the matches, but to better make promos. It's much easier to turn around a promo in a week than to turn around a promo in a couple days. So I'm hoping that this Wednesday, when they announce the results for this match, they tell people the match is a week from the upcoming Friday and not two days after the announcement. We'll have to see what they do, though. It is August. It is the eighth month of the year. There are only four months after August left to finish out this contest. And based on my reckoning, there's at least three rounds to go after round two. That's where we are right now with the 2023 CCC. Those are kind of the big stories from this week. Let me give you some odds and ends stories. 2023 Super Show Cup update. The finalists are Big Match Pete and Mitchell Manja. They will have their match August 16th after Talk of the Universe. So that is the next episode of Talk of the Universe. The LFF World Heavyweight Championship will be on the line August 20th. I had reported last week it was August 16th. It looks like it's been rescheduled to Sunday Night Fights. Alec Ventresca will be challenging the champion, Bob Dunn. We had a couple of championship matches this week. Tuesday night, August 8th, we had the Midwest Coast Tag Team Championship match. The champions, James Booker and the Trashman. The challengers, the LFF's most dangerous alliance. They received this shot at the Midwest Coast belt because they were the Midwest Coast tag team that went the furthest at the Origins tag team tournament. Essentially, the challengers waited about an hour for the champions to join the Zoom room. This match was going to be streamed live twitch.tv slash Carvin Custom. It's John Mathis's Twitch channel. They waited about an hour. Apparently there were some sort of technical difficulties on behalf of the champions and they couldn't show up. So the winners via forfeit are the LFF's most dangerous alliance and they're the new Midwest Coast Tag Team Champions. Now the general manager of the Midwest Coast, Colin Simon, did grant the former champions a rematch. 
No date and time yet. It could be live at Pixel Palace Pandemonium 4, September 16th. We'll have to see. That's the Midwest Coast Tag results. The LFF Tri-State Tag Team Championships also were defended this week. This was a great match streamed after Talk of Universe on the SRG Universe Twitch channel. The challengers shut up and roll the team of the Italian Bombata playing as everyone's enemy and the Fireball playing as Cruel versus Champions Cold Candy Crush, Le Penguin as the Witch's Apprentice, Candyman Dan as Fortress in a match that went all the way to crowd meter seven. Crazy match. The winners still champions Cold Candy Crush. Congratulations to them for winning. We have another announcement of an upcoming match. The Deep South Tag Team Championship will be defended on a future episode of Sunday Night Fights. The champions, BTE, Titan, and Primetime. The challengers, Wonderlust, the team of Harvey Luster, and Mr. A Wonderful, Austin Lucas. Then just a couple of more bits of news before I talk about the online tournaments and Sunday Night Fights. We have a Faction Wars 5 update. Each team in Faction Wars 5 will have 7 players plus an alternate or reserve player. Teams have until September 10th, Sunday, to register. And the draft date, tentatively, is Thursday, September 21st. That's our Faction Wars update. And then finally, a bit of news I did not have from the Gen Con reporting that I'll give you now. There was a match at Gen Con between Tombstone Frank and the SRG Zombie. Tombstone Frank played as King Carcosa. Zombie played as himself in a Raven's Blood Cemetery match that went to the maximum crowd meter with the winner, the Zombie. So congratulations to the Zombie for winning that. Now let's talk about the online tournaments from this past week. We had three. We had three tournaments. First, we had Monday Night Fights. And actually, hold for a moment because some breaking news. Dizzy Derailed has been running a summer tag team event, single elimination tag team event. That event has reached the finals. The two teams in the finals are Eddie Fury and Primetime versus the prize fighter, Simon Davner, and the foreman. No results as of yet, but those are the two teams in the final of the tournament. Congratulations to both teams for making that final. And now back talking about Monday Night Fights. This is the Doom Wheel edition of Monday Night Fights. From what I can tell, looking at the bracket, the stipulations in the top cut were chosen by the wheel. 20 players, round-robin style in group stages, four groups, five players per group, top two players per group advance to the top cut. Single elimination quarterfinals, all the quarterfinals were Psycho Circus matches. Semifinals, Lumberjack matches that started at Crowd Meter 2. The finals match and the third place match were New York Rules matches. Top four were, in fourth place, 
playing as Brian Cage. I'm assuming the original Brian Cage because he's known for playing that. The prize fighter Simon Dabner. In third place, playing as himself, Drew Madsen. The finalists were Simple Chuck as Naito and Mark Perry as his version of leader of the Postal Nation with the winner, Mark Perry. Congratulations to him for taking his own competitor to the victory, to the finals, and then capturing the win. That was Monday. Thursday, we have Chibi's Thursday Night Fights. 21 players in this event, four groups, one group of six, three groups of five, top two records per group advanced to the top cut. In the top cut, we have in the opening round, New York Rules, the quarterfinal round, and the semifinal round, we have steel cage matches, the finals round, and the third place match, submission matches. Top four. In fourth place, Eddie Fury as himself. In third place, Zach Ashley as the corrugated cardboard villain. Your finalists. It looks like it's Bjorn the Norseman as himself. And the grump Danny Thunder as Papa Wheelie. Not sure if that's the new or old Papa Wheelie. With the winner, the grump as Papa Wheelie. Congratulations to the grump for winning Thursday Night Fights. Friday, we had a pop-up tournament hosted by the Cannoli. Every match in this tournament was a special guest referee match based on past Cannoli tournaments. He has a pool of special guest referees that he randomly chooses from. Your top three in this tournament were, in third place, playing as the new version of Papa Wheelie, the grim librarian himself, Ken Fouché. In second place, playing as Harrietta, the bearded diva, Zach Ashley, And then the winner, playing as himself, the TVA commissioner, Drew Madsen. Congratulations to Drew Madsen for winning the Friday night pop-up event. This brings us to Sunday night fights. There were only two matches on the match card for Sunday night fights. Both for championships. The opening match was for the LFF Hardcore Championship. The challenger, Rowdy Ron, playing as the Heathen Cruel, took on champion, the Beast Michael Kerr, playing as Quadruple H, in a tables match. This match went to crowd meter one. The story of this match, the champion rolled a lot of tens. The challenger rolled a lot of fives. Even with that, though, I don't think the challenger was out. Unfortunately for the challenger, the champion hits the finish of crowd meter one. The challenger had put set up the table in play. The champion hit the grapple finish. He rolled his ten. They set up the table, gave it a plus one. It went to an eleven. So the challenger could not kick out. The champion retains. The Beast Michael Kerr is still the LFF Hardcore Champion. Congratulations to the Beast for the victory. The second and final match of Sunday Night Fights was for the LFF Veterans Championship. The challenger, regular guy Joe, playing as El Superombre. The champion, General Lee Wong, playing as Pretty Boy Snow. The match doesn't go past crowd meter zero. At crowd meter zero, the champion 
hits his strike finish with set up the ladder in play and with the set up the ladder plus the bonuses on the finish he rolls a 10 El Superombre gives the player plus 2 to his third breakout roll so it's a 50-50 for the challenger to break out on the third breakout roll he fails to break out on the first two and he fails to break out on the third rolling a nine on that third breakout roll. And so the winner and still champion, General Lee Wong. No new champions tonight. And that was Sunday Night Fights. As far as things coming up for next week, it's been announced that there will be Dojo Tuesday Night, twitch.tv slash Universe. Nothing's been posted on supershowthegame.com for online tournaments. But I expect we'll see something from Monday night, and I expect we'll see something for Thursday night. So if you're interested in playing in a tournament online, keep your eyes peeled for that. With that being said, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Outlaw Mudcast. I would like to thank all of you for listening, and a good day.